0: Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm Carter Laren. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can go to unsafespace.com to follow us and support the show. Yesterday, which was March 12th, 2021, immediately after coffee break, I had the opportunity to speak with Lisa Hansen, and it was a bit of a rushed interview schedule because it's the first time I've ever worried about someone getting arrested before I had a chance to speak with them. Uh, Lisa... Not a mass murderer, uh, not a typical felon in the way that you would think, but she owns a cafe in Albert Lee, Minnesota called The Interchange, and she has been fighting her local and state governments uh, for the right to stay open, to do business, and support herself and her family. So you're going to see that interview now. If you'd like to support Lisa... You can go to her GoFundMe uh, page, which we'll put in the links below. Also, there's a organization called National Action Task Force. We'll put the link uh, to that below as well. And she's building a new website called be theinterchange.com to keep you apprised of her story. Hopefully, she's not been arrested by the time you see this. Hopefully, she'll avoid arrest. But like I said, a little bit concerned that uh, she might get arrested uh very very soon so here's my conversation with lisa lisa welcome to unsafe space thank you for taking the time to talk with us today
1: absolutely thanks carter for having me on
0: i think you are the i know you're the first emergency interview we did because we were worried that someone was going to get arrested and thrown in jail and we had to interview them before that happened so what what (laughs) horrible crime have you committed (laughs) i will go into your story but i mean this is this is crazy why don't you tell people uh maybe about the interchange which is your coffee shop i guess or a cafe Mm -hmm. in minnesota why don't you tell people just overview of the story and then we'll get into details
1: well we have a little uh as you mentioned a cafe coffee shop bistro um it's uh, called the interchange wine and coffee bistro in albert lee minnesota um, we have been in business there for about seven years, a little about seven and a half years. And um, and uh, it's just a lovely little place for people to come and have their favorite, you know, latte or sandwich, uh, flatbread. We also uh, offer beer and wine. So it's a great venue. It's right down in uh, downtown, the historical part of Albert Lee. Um, and, uh, it's in a historical building, of course, and it's a beautiful venue, great venue. And, uh, we're, we're well loved by the community and, and, uh, beyond. So it's been a great little, uh, restaurant. So we've been operating. And there's it, no you know,
0: meth lab in the back or anything that we're <laughs> <Well>, aware of. Well,
1: <laughs> now if I divulge that information. No, no. But we're good. We're just coffee. It's just, yeah, coffee, right. coffee and, uh, sandwiches and whatnot, but yeah. Yeah, so we've been doing business there, like I said, for about seven years. And uh, this last year, of course, everybody's lives got turned upside down with um, the pandemic and uh, ours as well. And uh, and it affected our business in, um, you know, horrendous ways like it did everybody else that, that owns a business that was either shuttered or shut down. So
0: let's walk through that because I don't think most people aren't from Minnesota who are watching this show. So um, what was the first I mean, there might have just been some um, negative consequences to the business because people might not be going out voluntarily, and I I understand that. But what was the first government action in Minnesota that affected you?
1: Yeah, that was when uh, the governor uh, shut us down uh, back in March of, it's been a year, it's been over a year now, Uh, back in March of 2020, uh, shut us down for two weeks so uh, we could flatten the curve. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. That worked. Yeah, that worked really well, didn't it? Um, so he shut us down for indoor dining and for a restaurant uh like ours, that uh, 95% of our business is dine in. So when you lose 95% of your business overnight, um that kind of hurts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So so we were shut down uh for I I think it ended up being a couple of months and I'm sorry I don't have all the dates and timeline right it's in okay, front of you, but- but- yeah. So of, well, yeah. Well, we, well, we did everything we could do, you know, to survive. We, sure. we followed the mandate at that time. And, um, we, we offered, actually we, we didn't have online, uh, ordering and we offered that we incorporated that into our point of sale and offered, um, online ordering. Of course we offered curbside, you know, pickup, curb, everything that we could think of, uh, to do to survive. We did it. Um, you know, you you get you start doing things like you you cut back on every absolutely everything you can to um, try to survive when your business is is ripped out from under you. It's basically taken from you almost at a hundred percent. So, um, so we went through that. Um, we eventually got opened back up. I think it, uh, the first uh, open up was twenty five percent on the inside, and then we he, the governor increased it to fifty percent eventually. And, you know, we all went along with it and trying to survive and, uh, you know, make ends meet. And, uh, also, you know, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that, um, I did receive some government help, which I hate. I hated to apply for it. I don't like to receive government help because, you know, we're business owners, right? We figure it out and, uh, we do what we, we, we do best and, um, we take care of our customers and we, we turn revenue, we offer a great product and, uh, so we did everything we could do. But when, you know, something's taken away from you, you know, to a capacity that it was, there's no way you can survive. So we did um, apply for the PPP loan and a couple of local grants and we were um, awarded or, you know, approved, I guess is a better word um, for those loans and grants. And they helped. They weren't enough. It's it's not enough. Um, you know, so so we struggled through um uh, it was a huge struggle. And we just we came to a, a point where, you know, we just we, we, we weren't sure if we were going to make it. We weren't sure we made it. We made it through the summer and into the fall. And then in November of 2020, um, the governor decided that he needed to shut things down again. So he closed us up again. 100 um, percent inside for in, in, indoor dining. Yep. Well, we could still do the curbside, and we could still do delivery. We could still offer online ordering, you know, all of that, um, which we did. And uh, but again, it it wasn't enough. We were already so beaten up and um, beaten down and uh, out of money. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't survive on five uh, percent.
0: Well, most people, I don't, I don't think most people don't own small businesses, but I think it's people don't realize it's not like. Small businesses don't have six months of operating capital sitting in the bank just waiting for yeah. something like this to happen. It's completely reasonable when you plan your business. One of the risks that you don't plan for is I'll actually be forced to not have a business for several months. That's not a reasonable thing to plan for generally.
1: No, no, it's not. I mean, boy, you know, when you're planning for something like that, that's going to have to be a major event in our, you know, in our um, our country, our world, whatever, or state, or you know, and no, that you don't plan for that. Um, and this is something we've never experienced. We've been in business now. Um, we have other businesses as well or have had other businesses as well. And, um, for more than 25 years, you know, more, actually 35 plus years. And so, um, you don't plan for those things, you know, you don't plan that your business is going to fail (laughs) or or be shut down. Um, so, you know, we do as best, you do the best you can. Um, and, um, yes, we had a little bit of a nest egg and little emphasis on that. And, uh, of course, that went into the business, too. You know, we we, yep. we went through everything that we had. And a lot of other businesses are in the same boat. A lot of businesses lost their businesses, you know, permanently. They had to close permanently. And and we, when the governor shut us down, the state down again, um, the restaurant, I should say, restaurants, bars, gyms, dance studios, that sort of thing, When he shut us down again on the inside rest in some bars, we couldn't do any, there was no dine-in allowed. We went along with it again. And we knew that it was wrong. We, you know, the whole, during the whole shutdown, we knew that, that, okay, this is not okay. Somebody, government can't tell you that you gotta shut your business down, your livelihood, that you have gotta tell your employees, hey, sorry, you're out of a job. Go draw on I
0: I was thinking, by the way, the other day, even in like, under monarchies i don't think kings would want like no one can trade like that just didn't like it's an unconscionable and unheard of thing for a government to do to say hey all this way that most of you make your livelihood you can't do that anymore um it's pretty crazy but you went along with the second one shutdown
1: we did for about one month and we kind of looked at each other and we said why are we doing this I mean, we weren't gonna survive. And so at that point we decided, okay, we either, um, here we had two options. We literally had two options. We would uh, either open fully against the governor's orders um, because we have that right. We have have unalienable rights to be able to operate our business. We follow the guidelines. We have licenses at our business. We have a food and beverage license and we also have liquor or wine and beer license we follow all of the, uh, you know, the, um, rules, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. so we either, we said we're, we've got two choices. We either shut down or, um, we open up fully and by shut down, I mean permanently close our doors and say goodbye, lock it up, sell off what we can pay off the debts that we can and figure out how we pay off the rest, you know, in the months and years to come. So,
0: it's a horrible time to try and sell a business to yeah, a, a, yeah. a brick and mortar important right?
1: and mortar and especially in at least in our state, especially you know a restaurant so restaurant you know equipment right. and all of that who's gonna want that everybody's closing their doors down and you know trying to trying to survive and stay alive and not too many uh rest, new restaurants are being opened you know during this, but so we said well we we looked at the risks um involved and um we decided i decided that i'm gonna go ahead and open my business up and uh let the chips fall where they may. And believe me- So you did that in what, December?
0: Yeah, it Uh, sounds like chips are falling.
1: (laughs) So there's an organization in Minnesota um, called Reopen Minnesota Coalition. Um, You know, they they, uh, had been planning and working on this for several months as far as opening businesses, uh, helping businesses open up again. So we joined that coalition because honestly, we didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know how to, you know, go about- Opening up against the governor's order, although you just I guess you just open up, but it was really great to have a support group um, to walk through uh, through that with. And, um, you know, they gave us a lot of helps as far as, OK, so you're going to you're going to shut down and here's what's going to happen. And here's how you need to respond. You know, so they gave us that information that was super helpful. So there was about one hundred and eighty uh, businesses in the state of Minnesota that known businesses that joined the Minnesota or the Reopen Minnesota Coalition, and we all opened up on December 16th, 2020. We opened our doors fully. Um, I think some of the businesses maybe followed them, some of the mandates, mask wearing and whatnot, and, you know, that was kind of just a personal choice. Um, and some of some of us did not follow any of the mandates. Um, you know, at my place, I... I allow, um, and I don't know that we really want to get into this, but I do allow my staff to choose for themselves whether they wear a mask or whether they don't wear a mask. That should be a personal health decision. And I have no right to tell them how to take care of their health. How did your
0: staff feel about opening back up? Were they like not wanting to come to work or were they thankful that they could get paid? I assume, I don't, I don't know. What was, yeah. what was their attitude?
1: Yeah, their attitude was great. We get to work again. We get to come back to work. We get to earn tips. We get to earn a wage, you know. So, um, yeah, they were ecstatic. You know, they they were troopers. I, I have a great staff. I had a great staff. Um, sorry, getting getting into some, uh, you know, more current uh, where, where we're at right now. But they were ecstatic to come back to work and open fully. You know, I had been able to keep some of them on for the um, delivery and, you know, curbside. And, you know, so we were still doing a little bit of business. But they were really glad to be able to get some more hours and be able to actually have a real paycheck again. So we opened back up and right away we um, we had tremendous response. I, I think it was the first second day we were open. We had a line out the door. People waited in line. Literally, I think I had a line nonstop for three hours that first date wow. or the day that we opened back up. Maybe it was the second day. And then again, just the just the response and the support of um, People supporting us say, hey, you know, we know that you need to make you need to make money. Your employees need to make money and we're here to support you. So it was the part
0: where you and your staff all got COVID and died.
1: Oh, yeah, we should talk about that (laughs) because it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you open that up. You have you had the public is very receptive. Um, There's maybe some light at the end of the tunnel, although digging yourself out of a hole that deep, uh, yeah. you know, after several months, it's got to be tough, but so there's some light at the end of the tunnel. People are, are coming to your restaurant. Then, then what happens?
1: Well, actually with the reopen Minnesota coalition, um, they advertised for us, they promoted the, the businesses that are going to reopen. Right. And, uh, of course in doing that, guess who else realized that all of these businesses were going to be opening up state of Minnesota. Big Daddy government, uh, they were watching and waiting. And, and so they got the list. So the very first day that we opened up, we had an inspector um, come to our, um, our restaurant and uh, spoke with me. And um, I didn't really answer his, his questions. Obviously he could see that we were open and doing business. And I believe it was the second day that we were opened, um, opened back up for business. Uh, we received our first ever cease and desist. So that was okay, pretty from exciting.
0: from the state, from the health department, from
1: yes, yes, from Minnesota okay. Department of Health cease and okay. desist, and so they posted that on our door, and um, and that was December, I believe that was the 18th, 18th or 19th. Anyway, just very shortly after we opened back up, so they they of course uh, didn't waste any time, and this was happening to other businesses throughout the state. Um, we received calls from the attorney general's office. And, and what we were told to do with the call, you, you know, it basically don't, don't receive the call. Um, and, uh, just don't talk to them Um, because we don't have to, right. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. so I didn't, uh, unfortunately what happened is there was 180 businesses, um, out of those 180, I think it was, an, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I believe it was around a 85 were restaurants and bars, you know, uh, same industry as myself. And, um, out of those, only about 10 <laughs> of us actually stayed open. Everybody else got so the
0: other ones, like the cease and desist came and they stopped,
1: yeah. yeah. Or the attorney general, um, you know, a call a call came from the attorney general, and right. you know, people got scared. And and I understand that yeah. it, was a, it was a scary thing, none of us have ever done this before, but
0: right. Well, and not everyone is they're not facing arrest, so let's okay. But- <laughs> so you you ignored this you kept you and maybe nine nine or so other businesses mm-hmm. it sound like ignored this then what happened
1: well then we started getting charges um, there were civil suits uh, uh, thrown at us um, so we have had received uh, um several uh, several uh suits fines lawsuits uh temporary uh restraining order an induction order um uh, you know it, it goes on and on it, it's um it's incredible what they have they've they've thrown the book at us and then some yeah okay
0: and this is all from the state this isn't are these private people well
1: so far this is all from the state yes so far what what okay. we've covered so far is all from the state yeah yeah, from our okay. local attorney general's office and uh, the Minnesota Department of Health, as well as the Liquor Board, uh, because we do serve beer and wine. So,
0: sure. So, okay. So, you get you get a lot of threatening letters and cease and desist orders and TROs or whatever uh, okay. from judges, and then um, but you stayed open anyway.
1: We did. We stayed open. We we did not relent. We did not uh, lay down. We didn't hide. <laughs> we. uh we just did business as normal and it was wonderful. We actually, like you said, you mentioned a little while ago that, you know, to dig yourself out back out of a hole that, you know, that the government had had put us in for months on end. It, we didn't even know by, by opening fully, um, on December 16th, we had no idea if we'd even be able to keep our doors open for more than a couple of weeks because we were out of money. We had nothing, right. nothing. Right. We had spent, we had exhausted all of our sources, resources. And so, um so right so we we opened back up and um and uh, stayed open and and uh, as all this stuff was coming at us and and obviously uh, you know before I opened back up I didn't necessarily ha- um have uh, any legal help at that point um so in short order I realized okay we need some we need some legal guidance here so
0: Right right Okay, so, um, but it sounds like you're not open now, though. Something happened between yeah. staying open and getting all of that, uh, getting attacked from by the state, and now. Yeah. So, what
1: what yeah. happened in the intervening yeah. time? It's a, it's a big story. Um, um, our lives have changed dr- dramatically since December 16th. Uh, it's unbelievable. I look back and I feel like it feels like it's been a year or more, but it's only been you know since December 16th. So. So what happened is, um, you know, business was great. We were starting to be able to pay our bills and catch up a little bit. Um, Not totally, of course, and we're still not totally caught up. Um, So we um, just trying to, you know, there's there's so much that's happened. Um, We started getting pulled into court. Um, So we did some Zoom courts uh, hearings, arraignments. I've been uh, um, in court in person. Um, I think it's been twice on a hearing and an arraignment. Um, and, uh, we continue to have fines, uh, or, or did through, through the period, January, February, we continue to have fines put upon us and, uh, 9,000, excuse me, not 9,000. I believe it was a $10,000 lawsuit, um, that has been, um, thrown at us and, uh, a lot of threats. Um, we've had inspectors and not, not, not so not just inspectors, but we've also had, uh, investigators come in and investigate us undercover. Um, of course I know about that because in the reports, I get all that information that so-and-so came in on this day and, you know, whatever. And so they've been, they've been spying on us. That's what I call it. Spying. Cause that's what it is. Um, and, uh, we continue to do uh, business as normal, you know, as much as possible, um, until the, the threat of, uh, I get. I guess the everything that was coming at us legally from the state um, just became really huge. And um, I, I kind of switched. Um, I, I, I was with a, a legal uh, uh, counsel um, in the very in the in the beginning and decided that that wasn't quite the strategy or the tactics that were that we needed because what we were using was not working in the state of Minnesota. And um, so as of. First part of February, I I changed over, jumped over to a new legal um, defense um, organization, and that was like the best choice we've ever ever made. And they have been amazing. Um, not that the first, not that the first, excuse me, not that the first uh, organization wasn't good for us, and uh, it just just wasn't it wasn't a good fit for for the state of Minnesota. So here we are. um, We are with a group now called uh, National Action. National-ActionTaskForce.org Action is is their website. And uh, we are working with an assistance of private counsel at law. And um, I am standing in for myself in a court of law. So um, some people would say I'm representing myself, um, but I'm I'm standing as myself in a court of law. and um, so we're going to court, and we're fighting these things. Um, what happened? Uh, gosh, was that first part of February, end of January, first part of February, somewhere in there? Um, for some reason, uh, our city attorney, um, Ms. Uh, Kelly Don Martinez, I happen to know her name by heart. <laughs> this is good reason. It's not a good, not a good sign. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> She decided to come after us with a vengeance um, for the state to uh, charge us criminally, to charge me criminally. I say us, it, it, I've got a lot of great people working with me. Um, but yes, yeah, so now I have uh, received nine criminal charges um, against me because I opened my business.
0: And what what are the criminal charges, I mean?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I opened my business um, against the governor's order and I am according to the city attorney in the state of Minnesota, you know, I'm looked at as a dangerous criminal because um, because being open, not following the mandates or um, they, they look at, at me as a super spreader. In fact, that's what has uh, been said in a court of law about me that I had an event one evening and actually it was a protest event a peaceful protest and uh, we opened up our doors and um, the uh, obviously the city attorney the state of Minnesota did not like that and they they have accused us of being super spreaders I have yet to see how we are super spreaders um, as far as I know um, I, I, I there's there's been nobody that has come uh, to us and said here's the claim of injury so I, I don't know mm-hmm. don't know what they're talking about of course there's no proof we know that. Um, so, so we are right now, we are, um, really in the fight of our lives. Um, I never imagined I'd, I'd be here, be here in this situation, but let me tell you why, if I can Carter, Yeah. go back to that, you know, this, this last year, 2020, you know, I think a lot of us did a lot of soul searching and, um, a lot of questioning, a lot of research, a lot of reading it. well, at least a lot of, some of us did, um, and, um, you know, there was a lot of questionable stuff going on and still is. Um, and uh, so as we were doing this soul searching ourselves and looking into, is this real? Is this not real? And, you know, everything um, we we decided we, we saw that our, our rights, our freedoms, our liberties um, were literally being stripped away from us. Yeah. And in my lifetime, I'm 56. And in my lifetime, I have never Seen anything like this before? I have never seen uh, liberties and freedoms being stripped and removed from us, and at such a rapid pace. Not that I think this happened all of a sudden. I think you know, for the last many decades, you know, we've been there's there's uh, we we've been uh, losing our our liberties, um, but now we're looking at wow, they really mean what they're. There's an agenda. I believe there's an agenda and without getting into all of that, you know, um, just that we're seeing it now. We're seeing it happen at such a rapid rate. And I think we were all taken by surprise. I know I was. Yeah. Yeah. So we we said, hey, this is not OK. This it's not even. It's not even about the interchange. Of um, course, we wanted our employees to be able to have a job and we wanted to be able to maintain our, our company but it wasn't even about the interchange. It wasn't about just about our employees. It wasn't, it wasn't just about my, my little business. This really is a much, much bigger thing. This is about our children and our grandchildren. This is about future generations. And we could not sit back and, and watch it all be stripped away without putting up a fight.
0: So how did you get to the spot where you're about to be arrested because most people are hearing this right now, I think, and they're thinking, okay, so there's some fines, you're going to court. Why are we worried that you're going to be whisked off to jail tomorrow?
1: You know, our judicial system is so corrupt. And I had no idea. I mean you hear it, right? You you've heard that, you know, we hear that, you know, that that judge or you know that court is is corrupt or whatever. But I am learning it firsthand. Our our judicial system is is corrupt. We have right now we have removed what is it, three or four? Uh, we've recused three or four judges from our um, from our uh, cases. Um, we have uh, filed lawsuits ourselves. We are now at let's see, we filed over over twenty lawsuits against over thirty people. So several people have received more than one lawsuit. We're at a grand total of lawsuits at over two hundred million dollars now. So how did
0: you get judges recused and what are you suing? Who are you suing for what?
1: Well, we, um, that, that's uh that's a good question. So we're suing the governor. We're suing, uh, attorney general, uh, Keith Ellison. Uh, we're suing Jan Malcolm, who is a, uh, the, uh, commissioner of, of Minnesota department of health, Daniel Huff, who's assistant commissioner. We're suing, um, Uh, inspectors um, who came into our business. We're suing um, investigators who came into our business. We are suing um, local, um, the local uh, city attorney who, the one who has a a vengeance against me, to love to put me behind bars. Um, And uh, as well as a couple of judges so far, Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's all, it's all based on fraud. Everything that they've brought uh, against me is all based on fraud in the court fraud in fact and uh fraud by omission. Sorry, <laughs> I could remember all the frauds
0: sure, so there 's sure. a whole of
1: fraud going on so we are basing our um our lawsuits um it's it's and it 's all in the records um it 's all public record but um we are um yeah th- these people are are acting on fraud in in every way possible and um So somebody's got to say, Hey, enough is enough. Um, then what's happening with the, with the arrest is, um, this week, uh, on the 10th, I was notified with a piece of paper that I was, um, to, that, that there was a scheduled zoom hearing for, um, it was a bail hearing and, um, it was on new charges. And, uh, according to the Minnesota criminal, uh, rules, proced- procedural rules. When a person is called into a hearing, whether it's a Zoom or in person, there are rules that are to be followed. And um, one of the rules is uh, that uh, the defendant uh, must be summoned, and also along w- on, with that summons, a criminal the criminal charges have to be attached. Right. Well, I received notification instructions on how to join the Zoom uh, hearing, but I never received a summons, and I never, never received a summons with anything attached, just didn't receive a summons at all. And so according-
0: legally, you shouldn't be required to go to that Zoom meeting.
1: Absolutely. That's you're exactly right. I did my due diligence. I checked the uh, court docket. I checked all my emails. I checked my USPS mail. I checked everything you know, any, any, any optional way that that could come to me. I never got it. I was even checking right up until the zoom hearing, never received anything. I wasn't personally served either. Uh, That's really the way that it should have been done is I should have been personally Hmm. served. Um, So what happened is the, the hearing um, went on without me because I was not summoned. And um, so after the fact, when uh, the judge realized that I was not going to show he uh in fact uh issued a, a warrant for my for my arrest because I did not show.
0: For failure to show.
1: Failure to show, right. So um unfortunately, this is what we have going on in our court system um in Minnesota. And um it is we have a bunch of actors. First of all, these actors, these officials, whether they're appointed or or whether they're elected, those that serve us, the people, um they're not serving us. They think that we are, are there, that we are beholden to them when actually it's the other way around. These servants uh, are, are there to serve us. And, um, they have, they have been, uh, doing just the opposite of course, you know? And, uh, I'm, Oh my gosh, it's just, it's just so, it's so corrupt. It's unheard of what is happening. Um, in our losses, I mean, it sounds
0: like harassment, right? And it sounds like they're just harassing you. Yeah. Um, have well, you have feels, you responded like saying, that. I never got a summons? Like, have you?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we're very, very quick. I, I have, a, like I said, a, a brilliant uh, assistance of private counsel at law. And uh, we got right on that. And uh, we have filed, uh, yes, an objection um, to the warrant uh, for my arrest. And uh, as far as I know, the judge has that in his hands as of earlier today. And um, so haven't heard anything. But you know the, the really crazy thing is here. You have, and this is happening all over the place. At least, at least in our state, and I know there's other situations in other states that are at, at least as bad, if not worse. You have a mom of eight kids. You have um, a grandma of nine so far. A business owner for more than 25 years. We we've, we've lived the majority of our lives in the area, in the community. We have been churchgoers. Uh, it, we've been a community volunteers you know we're those kind of people that uh you know that that you um you kind of think oh well they're a good you know a community uh um resident or or you know and you we're just in living in the same life.
0: world you're the kind of people you want in a community yeah yeah. Think, I mean, like, right? I would, yeah i
1: would think yeah um, yeah, we're pretty, we just want to live our lives. We just want to be left alone. We pay our taxes, you know, we take care of, uh, we follow the rules, the, you know, everything that's expected of us, um, you know, of course, to a certain point, point. and now this we haven't because these are all illegal edicts, uh, mandates that the governor is trying to put upon the poor people or, or the good people of the state of Minnesota. And I just feel really bad for all, for all of us. But so sorry, I kind of got off on a little bit of a rabbit trail there. Um. But we are, um, you know, it's, it's amazing that you, you have a, a, a person like me and they, they want to arrest me and, and put me put me in jail. Why would they, they want to do that? Um, and uh, of course, they all go back to the, the, you know, the EO, EO 2099, uh, the uh, executive orders that our governor has imposed on, on the people. So yesterday morning I had a um, had a law enforcement person show up at my door and uh actually a deputy um and uh and uh for is looking for Melissa Hansen my legal name and um said yeah you you found her here here I am um he said there is a warrant for your arrest and I said I'm aware of that and uh long story short I asked the deputy if he would uh talk to talk to the sheriff because the sheriff had guaranteed me that I would not be arrested um on these issues and uh he's not going to put me in his jail um why would he, um, for, for these reasons? And so, um, so we, uh, the, the deputy let me know that he had talked with the sheriff, uh, went back to his vehicle and talked with the sheriff and said, um, said, yeah, he said, um, we're not going to arrest you. Um, sheriff's going to give you a call and, and whatever. So, um, so that, so we were able to manage, um, at least that part of it. Um, I still could be arrested by our, our police department. Um, and, uh, you know, the hopes is, is that we'll be able to get this warrant dropped. It's, it, it needs to be dropped. Um, it's ridiculous. So that's where we're at.
0: So let's talk about this. Uh, I guess, is she a city prosecutor, this person who's got it out for you? Yeah. Um, what's, what's, what's going on with that? And I think I heard some crazy stories about some things that were happening there, but,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh it's better than a movie. Somebody should write a movie about this, you know, at least a book someday. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's really interesting because as, uh, um, prosecuting attorney, you know, she had, uh, charged me with nine counts, criminal counts. And so of course, we're going to fight that. And, um, so I had some papers to serve to her, (laughs) to serve to her, um, at her office city hall. And uh, of course, right now, you know, some things are shut down because of COVID, but uh, she is working out of her office and uh, her secretary or assistant is there. Um, and uh, so we had some papers to serve and we went over to her office and um, it was myself that served the papers and uh, my a couple of other people uh, that help us. And uh, we happened to have a video camera or a, a phone with us. And so we actually videoed everything because. know, we really didn't know how she would respond or, or whatever. And, and I'm really glad we did because it was just the strangest response. We went into the office. Um, we had made an an appointment to be able to come in and uh, we were escorted into her office. Um, where then we just met the most interesting situation. I, I've never seen anything like it before, but we, uh, they didn't want to take our papers. Uh, the, the assistant, uh, to the city attorney, uh, Kelly they didn't Marks want paper. to take them. They did not want to take the papers. <laughs>
0: Can they do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, it just gets better. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Just, I just want to give you some papers. I'm just here to serve you some papers, and then I'll leave. Just, could you take the papers? Well, they didn't want to take the papers, and um, they wouldn't take our papers. They asked me to set them on the chair in the in the waiting area, and and I just I didn't feel comfortable doing that because these papers. Um, had confidential information, had my signature on them, et cetera, et cetera. They're legal
0: documents. You don't leave them on a chair.
1: Yeah, they're legal documents. And so, so, um, they, they wouldn't let me hand them off. They wouldn't let me slide them through the little tiny window. They, you know, they just refused to take them. And, um, at that point, uh, I, you know, I really didn't know what else to do. Um, I had to serve the papers because the papers were in in regards to an arraignment the very following day. And, um, the city attorney needed to see what our papers said. So she was prepared. It it was really, it was, it was really something that was required by um, required of me to serve. And then just as a, you know, I hear, I'm trying to do something good for you. Here's, here's the papers you want to see before you're in court with me tomorrow. So um, not that I was necessarily trying to help her out, but it was just a, it was just a, a common sense thing. You're
0: being cooperative in the legal process. Yeah.
1: Thank you. That's a good way to say it. And they were being absolutely uncooperative and uh, really gave us no reason why um, they just, you know, other than just st- leave them on the chair. So anyway, I, I guess I got a, a little frustrated, although I stayed extremely civil and very polite and, uh, you know, professional in my demeanor and uh, very, very calm. And I said, well, OK, if you don't want to receive these, um. um and then I'm going to go ahead and call law enforcement, you know, to come in and and address the situation. And so, um, so which we knew that we might run into some trouble with her just because of how uh, vindictive she had already been towards us. And uh, she had, she had uh, pulled some, some pretty gnarly uh, tactics, um, very unprofessional on her end as well. Um, So, Go, going back, well, in fact, let me just share one of the things that she pulled. This, this is crazy. Yeah, sure. when, and you're
0: sharing her name openly, it sounds like. So. Did,
1: did, oh, Kelly Don Martinez, Albert <laughs> yeah, Lisa, our attorney, excuse me. <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs>
1: um, yes, yes, very openly. Well, it's all in public record. And uh, she's the prosecuting attorney. And so uh, she's got to own that, right? Just like I got yeah. what I'm doing. So um, prior, the week prior, we had been in court for a hearing that did not involve Ms. Martinez. Well, when we came into the building, um, we were not able to get into the hearing um, uh, in time and not not that because we were late, et cetera. So et cetera, that's kind of a whole nother story, but we were, we actually missed our hearing, which was really unfortunate. And uh, But we'll take care of that later too. We missed our first hearing. so we thought we were still walking into the hearing when we went through security and then security told tells us the, um, deputy tells us, he says, Oh, I guess your hearing's over. I said, okay. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, we got through all this finally and, and, uh, we're able to go into hearing. Now you tell us it's over and done with. And, and, you know, that was a, that was a big letdown. And he said, Oh, but don't leave. Cause you've got another one. <laughs> he said, what? No, no, we don't. You must be mistaken. So he checked and he said, no, you've got another one. They 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 have you know, Melissa Hansen, da-da-da. They're it's and they're about ready to start. I said, No, there must be some mistake. There is no more, I was not notified of anything. This must be wrong. So after going back and forth a couple of times, we finally, he said, No, I, I assure you they they have another hearing for you. So I said, Okay, let's just go and figure it out. We'll see what it is. We walked into the courtroom and yes, in fact, they were done with they had already finished up with our first hearing. And there was a surprise hearing in the courtroom. The prosecuting attorney um, is standing there and they announced this uh, new case. And I said, I said, Your Honor, I have no idea what you're talking about. I am. I have not been made aware of this case. I know I have no knowledge of it. So then the prosecuting attorney um, uh, explains to the um, the judge. Well. Your Honor, um, this, this is an arraignment. I filed it into the case and he asked, well, did you, did you notify Ms. Hansen? Well, I mailed it out on Monday and, and mind you, this is Thursday. Well, I put it in the mail on Monday. Well, we had not received anything. Guarantee a mail. I mean, mail, is, mail can right. be slow. Mail can get lost, whatever. And so we had not received anything. We had not been personally served. We had not received anything in the mail, et cetera. So this was a surprise to us. And In fact, the judge himself, Remarked at how how um, odd this was. In his 35 years of practice, he had never seen uh, a defendant um, notified of a hearing in the courtroom for that hearing. That that was the first they heard about it. <laughs> it was a it was an arraignment hearing, and um, so this was on the first six charges that she had uh, that she was that she's prosecuting us with, and so. Um, so we went ahead and entered that um, arraignment and did a little bit of discussion on it. But the judge said, "Would you like a continuation?" He asked me if I'd like a continuation so I could properly prepare. Of course. Yes, of course we we need to do that. So the following week, uh, it was scheduled uh, for the the continuation of the arraignment, and that's the that at that point that's when we went in to serve Ms. Martinez these papers in reference to the case, right? and that's where we were refused. Um, we were refused due process. We were refused. There was, they were completely uncooperative. Um, I did call the sheriff because like I said, the sheriff has been very supportive and helpful. And, um, and so I called him and let him know what was going on. And and I told him, I you know said, they've asked me to leave it on the chair, but I don't want to leave it on the chair. Do you have any suggestions? Well, when I told, um, the, uh, assistant to Ms. Martinez that, and Ms. Martinez that I was calling law enforcement. Um, the, you can see it in the video. The, uh, the prosecuting attorney turns to walk in her office, which is through another door, a doorway, on the other side of this plexiglass wall, where, the, where the, uh, her, assistants, her assistant is, is, is sitting. And she motions to her assistant attorney to push something, well, right after I said I'll call law enforcement, um, the uh, secretary or assistant tells me um, no need to. They've already been they've already been called. Well, nobody picked up a phone, but so they pressed I, a
0: panic button. Yes, or
1: something. Sir, yes, they did. They absolutely oh, pressed God. the panic button because I am that scary looking, right? Yeah, we'd be scared. Which,
0: so th- I mean, that's unconscionable because if you are the police and you get a panic button, yep. you come in guns blazing because you're assuming that there's some emergency situation with a hostel. Yeah, right?
1: No, it's not funny at all. The whole the yeah. situation thank God, the, the situation could have uh, it could have been really bad. Uh, it could have turned very ugly very quickly. It's not funny. She broke the law. There, there was no reason to push the panic button. We have it all on video. We have the evidence. So, they,
0: did the police show up then? I assume guns drawn or ready to ready to fight.
1: So the the police, uh, one uh, officer walked in. I, I'm not sure if he's a detective um, uh, or what. He was in plain's clo- plain clothing, and he walked in. And I thought, okay, because I was expecting, you know, one or two officers to show up because they had told me they had been called, um, or they're already on their way. I, anyway, so that was it. No need to. They're already on their way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's ominous (laughs) uh, yeah and at that point i didn't i had no idea that they had pushed this panic button it it all comes out in the video when you watch the video so so one officer walks in and he says he's he's very calm his his gun is holstered and he said Hmm. uh yeah he said yeah what's going on so one of the the uh people that were with me the one that was videoing just mentions that yeah um now lisa's in there and she's she's on the phone right now with the sheriff and so he he came in and uh, he says, Yeah, what's going on? I said, Well, yeah, I just I'm I'm here to serve papers and I just I want to leave these papers and they won't take them. <laughs> I mean, it was so it's really ridiculous. Anyway, um so then another officer shows up and then about four more officers show up and I'm thinking, Whoa, they sent out the cavalry on this. They well, because they, they
0: assume that there's something happening at the in the building, right? I, I mean- didn't
1: know that. I did not know that. And I'm sorry. Before all of this, I, I have I have to admit I was ignorant to so very many things that now I'm under learning and understanding. Um, and and so all these officers come in, and um, you know they're they're very calm, very collected. They did a wonderful job. Um, they go they a couple of them, you know, enter the uh, through the plexiglass area and and talk with Ms. Martinez and of course i can't hear what's being said and and uh, then they come out to 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 my the where i'm standing and uh, one of the officers asks would you like me to give the papers to ms martinez i said that would be so good if you would just do that that's all i wanted to do i just wanted to hand her the papers or even hand her the assistant her papers and uh could you do that that would be fantastic so he takes <laughs> the papers and then he escorts us out of the building um and, uh, as we're walking out, you know, we have a nice little conversation. And when I get outside, it was really interesting because there's all these squad cars. We get out, uh, <laughs> right of the door to the left of the door. There's a squad cars up on the one, you know, one set, set of tires up on the curb. Their lights are, you know, rolling. And, and, um, and I, I looked at them, I said, really all this just for me.
0: <laughs> so this is all, this is all Martinez is doing, right? She's wasting taxpayer money, yeah, potentially putting absolutely. people in harm's way. Absolutely. Just to be, uh, lack of a better word, just right. to be a B word, right? right. I mean,
1: right, absolutely. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's incredible what happened, and uh, she should have absolutely been reprim- reprimanded at the very least for this. Uh, she, you know, what could have happened that day, what didn't, but could have happened that day, um, was you know, those officers came into a situation they had no idea what they were coming into. Um, they could have had guns drawn you know um there could well, be in other
0: jurisdictions they would i mean yes, i don't yes. know what it's like where you are but
1: yeah yeah
0: i'll tell you what where i am if someone pressed a panic button in a government building guns would be drawn
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and that's what i understand you know after the fact that uh, this could have been a very very dangerous volatile situation and she she um, caused this situation to go to, from a very calm civil procedure, just a common thing, serving papers to half. I mean, I don't know how many, how many of the uh, law, law enforcement were out of the, out there. I don't know that I even saw everybody um, who was there. I did when we stepped outside, we did see a sheriff's uh, uh, car driving through. And so there could have been more. I have no idea because what I understand is everybody that is available attends that panic button. They, they attend that call. They have no idea what they're going into. They attend the call. And, and, and so what if something seriously bad was going on in another part of the city while all those officers were there, you know, trying to calm the uh, city attorney down, Kelly Don Martinez, um <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to calm her down. What's that name again? I forgot I missed that name. Oh, Kelly Don <laughs> Martinez. Do you want me to give you the spelling as well? <laughs> Albert Lee City Attorney. You know, Albert Lee, I'm I'm just can I just say this too. If any of the Albert Lee officials happen to 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 tune into this and, and watch this. Yeah, I have. I there's a lot of people that have called for for the, the, once they found out what Kelly Don Martin, a city attorney, uh, did that day in her office. We're, we we were, we're irate. This is not okay. And why is she, why is she still working there? Why is she still the Albert Lee city attorney? You know, I, I would think that that would be grounds to terminate her position or terminate her. So anyway, um, that's not my call. That would be the uh, city council and the mayor, I believe, get to make that call. And they've received countless emails and calls, is my understanding, uh, as yeah. well as the city manager. Our city manager has also received a lot of calls from a lot of very concerned uh, citizens. Well, so, they're
0: ultimately responsible for her because they have the power to hire or fire. So it's, absolutely. If, absolutely. If, you know, if she continues doing that kind of stuff, it's, it's on them at this point. Right. Um, right. Yep. So did she have a Just – let's play devil's advocate. Was there a reason? Was she saying – you're not wearing a mask or you need to do blah, blah, blah. Was there like some legitimate reason that she was pushing back on why she didn't want to take the papers?
1: Well, when I entered, when we all entered the building, we were all, we all had face coverings on of some sorts. And uh, when we entered her office, I had my, my face shield on. And, uh, but when I saw that the um, person behind the plexiglass did not have a mask on and she approached the little window, the slide sliding window um and she uh, she leaned into the window uh without a mask um at that point i'm thinking well if she's not going to wear a mask um i guess i can why take would you why would right,
0: i yeah so right. we're,
1: we're in a comfortable situation here we're good to go and 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 personally not that it matters and shouldn't matter i don't wear a face covering unless i absolutely have to um for instance, like to be able to go into the courtroom, uh, they won't, they won't let us in without, without something. Um, so here we are in a situation and she's, re- she doesn't have a mask on. So I, you know, take mine off and there's nobody else around us. Um, uh, within and there's
0: plexiglass between you
1: and there's plexiglass and it's just this, you know, small opening and whatever, but she leans into the window and she's talking to us without her mask. And, um, so the, the, the thought that what was said to me was, um, uh, it, it, well, the story kept changing. It, it kept evolving. It was amazing how it evolved. But first of all, it was well, you don't have a, a mask on, so I don't, I don't want to take the papers from you. So can I just hand them to you through the window? Can I stand back six feet and you know toss them through the window? <laughs> um, uh so anyway, so first it was the mask and then it was the fact that uh that I it was a shield and not a uh not a cloth mask and, and I don't know, there were a lot of different excuses given. And I said, I and you see it on the video, I'll be happy to put my face shield on. And and if that makes you feel comfortable, I'll put my face shield on and then I'll just I'll hand you the papers and are you okay with that? Nope, wouldn't do it. No, they didn't want no, like that. Okay, no, they just didn't want to cooperate with me, so I'm not sure why. But wow. uh it could have gone right. you know the thing is is it could have been done in two seconds. Sure. Wakers could have been served and we would have been out of there. We didn't have to. I mean,
0: it just strikes me as extremely petty. And it's the kind of thing that um when you think about the kind of petty, useless bureaucrats that populate a large percentage of the apparatus of the state, these people are poster children for that yeah. that uh, that image in your head. They're not they're it's everything wrong with right. Government, it's it these is. petty little tyrants right. who are going to make you, right? You know, they're going to call the cops on you,
1: yeah, because
0: um, yeah. they refuse to take the paperwork. Which right. they're obliged. I still get she's obliged to take this. I assume, right? Right. right. She's obliged right. to take this paperwork
1: or an authorized person. You know where? Right. He, so
0: yeah, someone from her office is right. obliged to take the right. paperwork. Yeah.
1: Right. But no, they just absolutely, absolutely refused to take it and wanted me to leave it on the the chair and. And I just wasn't willing to do that. So anyway, yeah, no, what we're seeing here is we're seeing, um, uh, officials, um, that are here to serve us. They're they're That's not the other way around. So, uh, city, city, uh, attorney, county attorney, um, you know, elected officials, uh, the, the city council, um, the the governor, the attorney general, etc., etc., etc. All our representatives, Congress, um, you know, uh, um, set the Senate, all of them are they they are they take an oath, at, according to the constitution, constitutional oath, and they are. It is very clear that their job is to serve the people, and yeah. we have moved so far from that. It, it's not even. It, it's it's. You don't even see it anymore. Well, I I don't see it. I haven't seen it where these people are in service to us. No, they they believe they are ruling us. They believe they can they can call all the shots. They get to make the rules outside of the rules. They don't have to follow common law. This, This is what they think. And so we're losing, effectively losing our liberties and freedoms at a very rapid pace. This is not going if things continue to go the way that they are, this will no longer be our America. Yeah. It's time that we stood up and we said no more. And you know what? You know what, guys? The cost is going to be, it's going to be somewhat expensive. It's going to be somewhat heavy. You know, we've invested literally over, we're just beginning in this fight and we've already invested over $20,000. Um, we have fundraising. There's fundraising that's happening. Not all yeah, of them. Go fund
0: fund. me, right? We'll put yes. the GoFundMe fund me in okay. the, in the yeah, we'll- show notes here.
1: We have a GoFundMe. The uh, National Action Task Force is also um, working uh, on uh, fundraising for us as well. We're we're going to need a lot of lot of dollars. This is no small undertaking. And Carter, I had no idea when we first <laughs> when we first took this on. I mean, we knew some of the risks. We had no idea what we were going up against. No idea. And no. as this thing continues to move forward. You know, now we're we're not just on the defense. Now we're on the offense and we have lawsuits out there and we're beginning to hold people accountable, but this is, we're doing it using the common law. We, yeah. We're, 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 we're going to use common law and the constitution, which supports and upholds the common law and also keeps our go- government in check. Right.
0: Theoretically. But,
1: theoretically. <laughs> that's not yes. really happening, is it? Yes. Um, and so we're going to lose our America. We're going to lose our Republic if we don't stand up sure. and speak about this and not to say poor me because I, I, I'm not that kind of a person, but I'm more of a frontline person and um, I was willing to take this on and um, I'm not one that quits and we won't quit. They're trying to get us to shut up. They're trying to shut us down. They're putting the pressure on. Um, they're trying to scare us. They're trying to make an example out of us so nobody else goes against them. And, yeah. um, and uh, we're saying, you know, it's um, you do what you got to do. And we are going to do what we will do. And we will continue to stand on common law. And we are going to um, we're gonna be we're going to be taking these. Uh, I just I have to be careful. My I can hear in the back of my head that my assistant counsel saying be careful, Lisa, be careful of what you say. <laughs>
0: right don't get don't say the wrong thing that's
1: right so so we're fighting the fight and uh, we need people to join this fight with us i'm at the helm there can only be one lisa hansen owner of the interchange you know the interchange was the vehicle that that's going to drive this that opened these doors for us to be able to fight this fight and there's other people in the state that are fighting the fight too and um i hope that they they succeed um so we need a lot of support. We need huge support, Carter, and, and we're hoping that, that your audience will support us in, in every way that they can. Um, well wishes, and you know we've, we've received cards and letters, and, and that's beautiful and wonderful. Um, we're building a website right now. Actually, the framework is built. It's called uh, wwwBtheinterchange.com. So be the interchange. We'll
0: put that link there as well. Thank you. Below Thank you. so it's,
1: oh. it's actually right now it's more or less a skeleton. Um, we should be uploading information here in the next several days and then going forward. Um, but all of this is, is all volunteer. People that care about this cause. People that care about the future generations, liberties and freedoms, Carter. And this is, this is, it's time that we open our eyes. It's time that we saw this for what it is. Um, it's time that we stand up against tyranny. So the the what the going to the website will lead you to is it'll lead you to where you can donate because we need a lot of cash. We need a lot of money uh, to be able to do this um, for all of you, for all of Americans. This isn't just for Albert Leans. This is not just for Minnesotans. This is for all Americans and everybody else across this uh, amazing uh, nation. You know, that are doing these types of things. You know, we we we, we need to support and get behind these causes um, so they can go to to our website. For uh, be, to be able to donate, they can go there for education and information. One thing that we're learning, Carter, is that, including me, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know my Constitution. Didn't know my Constitution as well as I should have. Um, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, common law—I I had no idea what common law was.
0: Yeah. So, well, it's the foundation for our entire legal system. So. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, it's 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 interesting that you. Uh, you say that they're they're supposed to be for the people and they serve the people but i think what they've what they're able to do is declare you an enemy of the people okay. declare themselves as representatives of the people and once they do that then any action against you is completely justified morally as far as they're concerned at least to their in their own mind, in
2: their own um, mind.
0: and so you know it it's very it's very reminiscent of of plenty of times in history where you see massive tyranny erupt. Um, you saw in, in France, you saw the reign of terror. You saw the same thing. You saw representatives elected by the people turn on individual people because they decided that they represented the people and that person isn't the people and that person is an enemy of the people off with their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, the people that you're talking about, the people in these positions of power at the local level, uh, they're just they're just wannabe tyrants. They're little mini wannabe tyrants, mm-hmm. and they need to be held accountable. They need to be you know they need to be held accountable. And the only people that can hold them accountable are us. It's got to be right. the community. It's got to be everyone else. Even if people don't, it doesn't really matter where you stand on the mask mandates or you know whether you whether you think people should wear masks or yeah. not. Right. You know. You have a right to be treated, uh, fairly and justly, and you have a right to appeal under the law. I mean, I think you have a right to keep your business open. Um, and the governor doesn't have a right to tell you to stop making the income that you need to live and that you need to frankly provide your employees with livelihoods as well. Um, so, you know, everyone needs to stand up, uh, and fight this. And we need to have battles like this across the country and you guys need to win. Um, that's that's what needs to happen.
1: It needs to happen because until we win, uh, you're right, you know, things are ju- are going to continue to go the, the way that they are. And we've got to start having wins for these. We we need to turn the tide. The tide needs to be yeah. turned. So um, and you can
0: see, you know, Martinez's behavior it, to me demonstrates how uh, safe she feels. She feels so safe in her power and so smug in her power that she can get away with things that. Objectively, anyone looking at this would say, well, that's completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. No public servant should behave that way towards anyone, regardless of whether you believe they're guilty of anything or not. You can't behave that way. But she feels so secure and so comfortable because she doesn't believe she'll be held accountable.
1: Right, right, yeah. No, and and even today, I I had a call. Uh, We we served uh, papers two days ago to the city attorney in the city of Albert Lee and uh, had more papers to serve to them today and um we call we called ahead and to make the appointment because that's what you're supposed to do and they they won't even take the papers they 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 will not take the papers themselves they have somebody else in their building that they have assigned to come in and take the papers from us and then wow. to take those papers to them so it's it's absolute yeah it, it's you're so right uh, it, it's tyranny and um there's no cooperation in pub, as far as public service You know, I mean, we've been in business for a long time and customer service is huge. And uh, so we all, you know, taking care of the people that pay you, that that write your paycheck or sign your paycheck, that's really important to do. It's time They need to remember
0: who their customer is. That's right. And and maybe they need to be reminded who their customer is.
1: Yes, yes. And I think that's, that's where we're at. I would agree with that.
0: So what's the next step? So let's assume that you get- Let's hope, hopefully this warrant goes away. Yeah. Um, you have more legal action coming. Um, you're, you're in these lawsuits like, are, are you open right now? It sounds like you're closed.
1: We, uh, yes. And thank you. We never, I guess we never really touched on that. We ended up closing down, um, uh, quite a little while back because, uh, the, the heat was so intense from the city, from the state. And as the cases began to pile on, on um, we were not able to handle them. And so we decided we needed a reprieve to be able to lawfully, legally, you know, handle these things, handle these cases. So we closed down for a while. We just needed the, the you know, to get the dogs off our back, basically. And um, so we closed down for a while. Um, we are looking at opening back up uh, in in hopefully short order. I don't know. I don't have a date yet, but hopefully short order. Um And in the meantime, um, we are actually uh, working this case, you know, where I used to work uh, for our businesses. Now I don't work for the businesses. I work this case full time. I mean, hours and hours a day, every day of the week, um, because that's how important this is. It's important to, you know, our liberties are that important to me. I mean, you know, Carter, not to, you know, be dramatic, melodramatic or anything, but think about, you know, the price that was paid for our liberties and that's part of the problem. Is so many people, so many generations, don't understand that price that was paid. Right. And I will admit, in school, I, I didn't. You know, we weren't taught all the histories we should have been taught. But um, as an adult, I, I and especially now that we're taking taking these things on, yes, we understand that that the price was great that was paid for our liberties yep. and freedoms. They weren't just handed to us. People, right. well, and that people gave their lives.
0: Yeah, and that price. The longer we let the authoritarians uh, gain in power, the more expensive it will be to get rid of them. So right Absolutely. now it might be a high price. Maybe you have to risk your business. Maybe it costs money, right? It's better than what the price will be in five years. If you don't do anything, you've got to do something. Absolutely. Um, because the price just increases.
1: Yeah, I agree that. Yeah. Very well said.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I, I wish you luck. I know pro- probably all of our audience <laughs> wishes you luck as well on this. So. Um, <laughs> You know, I if you're in Minnesota and and near Albert Lee, I guess one way you could support is to go to your go to the interchange when it opens back up. Yeah. Um, but I'll put links to the websites that you mentioned in, in the show notes so people can support you there. Um, Lisa, any final words for the yeah. audience you, you want to Yeah,
1: well, say? Thank, you. thank you, Carter. Um, the only thing that I would say is you did you asked what are the next steps. Here, here's what I'm going to say, what I've been saying all along. No matter what happens to the interchange as a restaurant, um, a well-loved restaurant by the community, no matter what happens to that, we're in this fight for the long haul. And it is going to be, I'm, I'm, it's not going to be over in, in a month. It's not going to be over in a couple of months. It's going to be some time. It's, this did, we didn't get into this situation overnight, right? As far as our liberties and freedoms, it didn't happen overnight. So we're not going to be able to fix it overnight. So here we are. I, when I first entered this uh, this um, fight, I I really did think it was probably going to be over, and you know couple months maybe a little longer <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea I had let's no. hope
0: your grandkids aren't still fighting it, let's yeah, it
1: let's hope, let's hope. <laughs> thank you so much carter for having me on and, and spreading this word it's really important that we get this word out there and um and uh, people learn and become aware and become educated and get involved <laughs> that is so important to get involved
0: yeah well look thank you so much for fighting i think uh we can all appreciate you uh Taking on that burden, it's not an easy one. I know it's it can't be easy to be doing this, to be getting you know threatened with arrest and fines piled on and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's for a good cause, and uh, you know I'm really thankful that you're doing it. I know a lot of other people are as well. So again, yeah. thanks for thanks for sharing your story. Thank you.
2: The following co-conspirators have confessed to crimes against the sacred oligarchy. To protect your freedom, any association with these individuals will result in criminal prosecution and social credit penalties. You are welcome. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it. I mean... That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Did you know that once a species has been sufficiently domesticated, it will become unable to survive on its own? I really don't know what made me think of that just now. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news.